Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Afternoon Drive, presented by Superbook Sports. Here's Aniwo Piro and Cody Rourke. Welcome on into the program, Mile High Sports Radio's Afternoon Drive, right here on the lovely 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3. Stream us alive anytime, milehighsports.com, or you could watch us on Elon's favorite app, twitter.com. Hope I don't everybody... even think Twitter is Elon's favorite app. What do you think is Elon's favorite app, then? There's got to be something. Probably, like, Tesla Hub or something. Tesla Hub. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Bumper Hub or something. I don't know. There's something up with that dude, man. He's- There's probably a Tesla app you can get so you can oh. like start your car remotely yeah, oh, yeah. and all that kind is, of crazy I think it's just stuff, like a, right? I think it's just a, a basic fob? feature. Well, so but, but to actually be, have it as an app on your phone, there right? will be a self-destruct mode. Yeah, like I know the someone Tesla put app. in there. Yeah, your self-destruct mode. Yeah, so like you know, you gotta be careful. You know, you don't let your kid have your cell phone because it'll blow your car up. <laughs> oh yeah, I could see ejector some, seats. Some mischievous kids. Ejector seat. Yeah, that would be a classic. Yeah. But uh, welcome on into the program. Hope everybody is doing well out there. It's Manic Monday since the weather's, we woke up. Yeah, to, what the hell, man? I mean, I'm not surprised because it's Denver. That Denver Snow account tweeted over the weekend. I said, go away. I told it to go away. Yeah. Said, yeah, what I think the thing was, oh, yeah, we'll take this. And I'm like, go away. We don't, we don't, want, we don't want you anymore. Like, you've overstayed what's, your welcome. What's Come weird to me year. is I slept with my window open. Oh, gosh. And ba- but like, it wasn't even that bad. Really? But like based off how cold it was, like, and then I like, I opened the blinds, and I was like, "Huh? Like, how, where, where did this come from?" But you know, such is life. I feel tall. Yeah, you are tall. You're I'm looking too, tall today. I'm too no, tired to sit to sit or stand right now. Come on, you'll get more energy. I could, dude. I've had a migraine. I've had allergies all day. I was actually looking oh. forward to these. What? Oh my god! What? Did y'all see this news about uh, Chiefaholic? No, what happened to Chief Holic? You remember I how did. he? You know how he I robbed? The yeah, bank? yeah, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. All he them. is. Uh, he's missing. He removed his ankle monitor, and didn't show up for his bail. Like no. Yep. Chief Holic on the loose again. 
What a scrub. Man. He's on the race. Yeah, what did he do? Armed robbery, right? He robbed some banks? Yeah. Wow. We're, he's the guy with the wolf mask, right? NFL yep. games are expensive, guys. Uh, well, you know, he's going to be That's enjoying up, NFL man. games from the slammer for the rest of his life. I feel like once Chief Holic, or 25 He could have started like a Patreon or something, like get Chief Holic to the game. Like, I feel like there's better ways to go about getting some scratch, you know, to get to a game than robbing a bank. There's also certain crimes you could commit that don't really carry the same felony or like the same years. Like you go to San Francisco, you go down like Southern California, you could like take up to like X amount of dollars worth of merchandise and not be prosecuted. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. No. What do you think I was going to say? I mean, you could go to Vegas and sell yourself. Yeah, you could do that too. I mean, you could do that anywhere, technically. I mean, go to Reddit, could. selling myself. Is that one hundred dollars an hour? Wait, have you been there on Reddit? If you no, but I'm oh, sure. I you were just like, no, 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 I was like, no. Wait, you browse that? I'm before? sure you could though. That would be scary. Chiefsaholic. Yeah, I mean, you know, something hey, about the holic part. You know, maybe well, he's a bank robaholic. Well, apparently. Before the season, he put in a bet that Patrick Mahomes would win Super Bowl MVP and that the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl this year. Hit, I guess, he made like 90K What, do you spend it all? I mean, 90K, that's enough to foot the bill for all next year. Yeah, but this is a guy who, you know, is, I don't know what he was into. Maybe he's into drugs or something. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. How much oh, yeah. money would it take you? <laughs> like, because 90K, I mean, think about it. That's like a year's worth I'd of salary. I'd pay my for student loans right with that. But like, how much would you have to win to, like, take a year off? Not that you would, but, like, Probably how like much? 150. 150,000? Yeah. Like, if you had a $150,000 parlay, you just deuces? I could do it off of probably, like, 60K. Yeah, yeah you are a minimalist. I'll go down right? to I an island. Could... I'd live like a king. It would yeah. be like entourage. I feel that, honestly. I just got to that episode and I was like, where I'm at in my life right now is like, I wish I was Vinny Chase on an island in Mexico with Turtle. Worst yeah. ways to live a life. All the girls that are there. Worst ways. What do we got from Outlaw? 303 831 Yeah, it's it is. Be, right? It does have to do with Chief Saholic. Uh, he, first, he had a greeting. He said, Hey guys, fake fan here. Hope your Monday has been great. <laughs> He's not going to live that down, is and he? And then oh, he said, no. uh, We don't claim him. There you go. So he did, really? he's disavowing Chiefs Aholic. No super fan. No Chiefs arms wide open. Says, not today, I guess not. Buddy. I'd welcome him into my fan base. Why? Every criminal's got a creep. Who'd you rather so. have Jackson Mahomes or Chiefs Aholic? Chiefs Aholic times ten. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Me? What's up? Yeah, Jack, I don't. I'm not a big Jackson Mahomes fan. Nobody is. I wonder what happened with that this latest thing. Mean. Remember, he's like being human, sued, right? or like he was like in some lawsuit because he like he made some forward advances. He's a jerk on camera. Like I saw the jerk video. Jerk is one way to put it. And yeah, a punk. Yeah, he's a punk. Yeah. Try to TikTok in front of me. I'll, he'll get the five knuckle shuffle. <laughs> five knuckle shuffle. Hey, <laughs> we're going to rant about this extensively in the second we're hour and later on. Joel. Joel. Who? Joel. What Who? are we doing, Joel? What are we doing? Come on, Benny, man. The kid is a L7 weenie. You're going to yes. go. Yeah. Oscar Meyer, even. Foot long. Dodger dog. <laughs> Joel, after all this chatter, after all the noise, after having your media buddies, after having your agent's friends tout you in the media, tout you in the papers, tout you on ESPN. I was going to say. You have an opportunity. I saw a great tweet today. He has the chance, Cody, to solidify himself. And he's not going to play? Yeah. No, it's soft. 
Come uh, on. Which is crazy. You know, Johnny uh, Domenico on Twitter says, I think Embiid M- aggravated his calf running from MVP interview to MVP interview, telling everyone how much he doesn't care about MVP. I mean, he even went to great lengths, Danny Bailey, to come out and say, I I could stat pad if I want, like throwing shots at Jokic. You know, I'm not a two-time MVP. I could stat pad if I want. but you know, Could he, though? No. I don't believe that Embiid could get more than no. 12 assists in a game. And then we hear, what, what's the narrative we hear in, in comparison to, well, Embiid plays better defense, when the reality of it is both teams are eerily similar in defensive rating, and when Jokic is on the court and Embiid is on the court, there's like a one-point differential and, and you know defensively. What, you know what the cherry on top for this is, it, 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 to, to paint the picture of the cowardice from Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers? He played 16 minutes on the 22nd against Chicago, right? And they they blew Chicago out 116 to 91. But they said that he was pulled early in that game for injury management. He follows it up by playing in not one, but both games of a back-to-back on the 24th and the 25th against Golden State and Phoenix, respectfully. If Joel Embiid wanted to, knowing how much of a marquee matchup this could be, if he wanted to eyeball this matchup, why in traditional form? Look at Giannis Antetokounmpo; he played on the second night of a back-to-back. Yes, but you're did. telling me if there's ever a time that it's like, would people have ridiculed Giannis if he didn't play on Saturday? No, because you know you want to see him play, all that kind of stuff. But if it's a second night of back-to-back late in the year, it's digestible. You had a back-to-back, knowing that this Denver game fo- follows after a day off, and you play 38 minutes against Golden State and 32 minutes against Phoenix, and now you're going to cry. Wolf when the time comes well, against the Denver Nuggets. The last time we saw him play in Denver was 2019. And man, even before that, every time it seemed like Jokic versus Joel was going to be a thing, Joel called in sick. Not my MVP. So I, I think it shifts things drastically. That is embarrassing. You know? I like the tweet that uh, the Mile High Sports account put on about that Cars reference. Like That was the first thing if, that popped in my head. If Joel Embiid is going to win the MVP, he's literally going to be like, yeah, look at me, guys. I got it. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, 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 okay. That was, I was looking so, I had been looking forward to this game for weeks. It was huge. Weeks. We were talking about it on Friday, like, hey, you got a great game on Saturday. Hey, and then Monday, we have a great game to preview. Well, and look, I'm not trying to be Mr. Insensitive. If he's truly hurt, he's truly hurt. You can't do anything. It doesn't about make it. sense that he played. It's in so the back convenient to back at that point, but the timing so convenient. And then Woj comes out this morning and talking about how you know because they got a lopsided schedule down the stretch against some pretty you know solid teams. Nonsense. This is the uh, for somebody who talks such a big game. And, and look, I know that the, the piece from Shams on the Athletic came out this morning. That's more of a timing thing. Like I'm assuming that interview happened. You know, obviously not this morning or yesterday. I'm assuming this happened. You know, probably about a week ago, if not more. And you're going to save this game. I mean, you know what yeah. it is. Reporters plan ahead. When you got the marquee matchup, yeah. you want to drop it morning of. Bad timing for Embiid. But man, what an awful look! Did you see that uh, ESPN article that got published as well about Jokic and his defense yeah, and stuff I, like that? It's like I don't know what is wrong with people. Clowns. And, and Clowns. here's the thing. Let's backtrack here a little bit because Jokic and the Nuggets did what they needed to do against the Milwaukee Bucks. A thorough, thorough, impressive victory against Milwaukee. That was a championship atmosphere. Yeah, 129 to 106 victory for the Denver Nuggets. They improved to 50 and 24 on the year. And in that game, Nikola Jokic with 31, 6, and 11. Jamal Murray put up 26. MPJ put up 19. Giannis put up 31, 9, and 4. But the Denver Nuggets, I mean, that wasn't even a close game. They outscored Denver, did Milwaukee in the third quarter, thirty-four to nineteen, and then followed that up with a thirty-two to twenty-one fourth quarter. Yeah, they well because they went to halftime showing sixty-six to sixty-three. It was a back and forth. Thankfully, Jamal was shooting hot. Jokic was going there. Giannis was having a yep. great first half, and you know, hey, the bench didn't let Denver down this time. 
that to me was super exciting. You know, Christian Brown's defense, Bruce Brown coming up big. I mean, in that third quarter, he had a great catch and shoot, uh, you know, to beat the shot clock three pointer in the in the right uh, right corner. That was great to see him. And then Uncle Jeff dunking on Giannis the way he did. Like the atmosphere at Ball Arena was great. On like I didn't go to the game; I watched it on TV. But man, that was a that was exciting. That was what we wanted to see. That was okay. Hey, if the Nuggets lock in and they play how we truly know that they can, this is the this is the championship Nuggets team right here. That is the team that we saw on Saturday against Milwaukee. Because hey, look in the first half, it was close. It was extra, you know, exchanging blows, and then bam, you explode in the third yep. quarter. Then you get you know your your defense is ruthless, you know, in that third quarter. But then it gets even better in the fourth quarter. You know, it's a little chippy now. You know, with Ag and Giannis and things like that. I I love it. I well, loved it. And as Swiper put it in this weekend's episode of Weekends with Swiper with Ryan Blackburn, I think he hit the nail on the head. This is now two consecutive games where the Denver Nuggets have channeled the Golden State Warriors of the past in the sense of, you know, close game in the first half, you know, a little up and down. Wow, great shot. But a little up and down, touchdown, baby. But when the second half comes around, this team not only puts the clamps on defensively, but excels on offense. Yeah. Oh. It, it, it is tremendous to see transition. the transition. Like they they've gotten so much better at getting out in transition because of defense. And I know that's not like their identity as to how they play. Like that was George Carl's like run and gun mentality back in the day, right? But it's like it's more concerted effort. It's great. I thought their rotations defensively were great, right? Because there were times where they would come out to double Giannis. Giannis would kick it to yep. Drew Holiday. Holiday would kick it to the next guy. But the rotation of the guy coming off the double team to fit and to get a next man over was there. Yep. And there was no open shooters. So I'm like, okay, hey, you know, if we're going to double Giannis, we're going to force a you know kick to the corner where he's going to shoot a wide open three. They didn't have those open looks. So I'd say that's a great you know testament to their defensive effort. Obviously, there were two chains given out after the game by Michael Malone. So, hey, that was a big win for Denver. It really was. Jokic took care of business. He did his part, and he did it against a guy who's really damn good at defense. You have an argument. He probably is a defensive player of the year, and that's Brooke Lopez. Yeah, oh, Brooke Lopez has been phenomenal for the Milwaukee Bucks this year. Yeah, he is. And, you know, there's a lot of people, respected people, and I'm not saying this is a slight whatsoever, that think Milwaukee's probably the best, most complete team in the NBA this season. I don't think that's that's an egregious take whatsoever. No. I mean, look at you have Giannis. They're proven. You have Drew, who is unbelievable. Like, Drew Holiday is one of the best defending guards in the NBA, can score for you. You also have Middleton. Like, they're loaded. Like, they have a lot of dudes on that team that can ball out. Like, they have a championship built team in Milwaukee. They got a great coach, too, by the way. So it's like that. That's a good team. I imagine they're probably going to run through everybody in the East through the first two rounds, at least, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I would think so as well. It's just such a shame that we're going to be robbed of, especially like the anticipation after a good game against Milwaukee. Because had they lost to Milwaukee, or maybe Jokic didn't have a great game, I think a little bit of the the awe is maybe off this game. Because now this is an opportunity to compound that win against Milwaukee into something even better. Now, a win still goes a long way. And you know what? I was just talking about with Blackburn when he was here in the studio. We cannot write. I mean, as no. much as we thought the West was over, I mean, Memphis keeps winning. Yep. Sacramento keeps winning. Memphis is 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. They have been phenomenal. So this game not only matters, you know, for, for legacy and for MVP conversation. For their separation. Right, but it matters to kind of keep that pace and keep that distance from Memphis only three games behind. So it, it's interesting to How me, How many man. games are left? Eight? I think after tonight, it's eight. Whew. A lot we're we're getting down to eight it. games. Yeah. I believe it's, what, a week from? Because what? This Sunday is their last game. They play Golden State. They also play Phoenix twice in the next. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they play Phoenix on my birthday. Oof. 
Happy birthday to you. At Phoenix. With Kevin Durant supposed to be back. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, if the Nuggets can mm. beat the, uh, the Suns, we'll be, we'll be so. Yeah. We'll Kevin see, man. I, I, I'm curious to see how this all progresses because I, I, I was just, I was actually on the phone with Jeff Morton when this news came down. I was like literally like in the middle of the conversation. I was like, yeah, you see Embiid's not playing tonight. He's like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Welcome. Should we, should we tell people about the exciting news? Why don't you break it to him? I just saw it, so why should I break it to him? But you know. You're the one who brought it up. Well, I saw it because I was exciting. Oh, all right, I'll break it down. Breaking <laughs> news. You can go to milehighsports.com. You could also go to denverstiffs.com. You've got some exciting news to share, as Cody alluded to, regarding the future of Denver Stiffs and as it pertains to Mile High Sports. And what that news is, it's very much in motion. It's in process. Uh, you'll start to see this take hold and, and kind of develop over the next couple of months really through the rest of the season. Then we'll really, you know, roll our sleeves up and get to work going on this offseason. But uh, Denver Stiffs, the great blog site formerly associated with SB Nation. Well, it still is, you know, at least for the next couple of weeks or so. But the blog that got a lot of people interested in the Denver Nuggets, a lot of people that, you know, it, Denver Stiffs helped push the culture of Denver Nuggets fandom forward into the digital age, right? And then there's Mile High Sports, which is obviously where we're doing the station or where we're doing the show from here at the station, the magazine, the website. Cody covers the Broncos for us. Coming together. Denver Stiffs is now a part of Mile High Sports, oh, and obviously yes. we're not going to get into all the nuts and bolts of what's going on with SB Nation, but at the end of the day, SB Nation is folding up shop with a lot of their NBA team sites. Uh, so Mr. Andrew Feinstein, you know him as the original head, head honcho and founder of DenverStiffs.com, formerly FireGeorgeCarl.com. You know, if you're going way, way back, but our guy Jeff Morton was involved with that. The great Nate Timmons of the world. Ryan Blackburn was the site manager of Denver Stiffs for quite some while. Skip is currently the site manager over there. We are bringing the Denver Stiffs community over to MileHighSports.com. So what does that look like? Well, in a perfect world, when it's all said and done, you'll see a lot of integration between the two sites, a lot of same look, a lot of same feel, kind of playing off of the different types of coverage. So MileHighSports.com, where you can find Cody Work on the Broncos, but specifically Ryan Blackburn on the Nuggets, that is still going to be your home, your one-stop shop for all things Denver Nuggets coverage, beat reporting, features, columns, all that kind of stuff. Denver Stiffs is going to come in and essentially serve as the other side of it, which is the community, building the foundation, driving conversation. So you're going to see this kind of take hold and really develop over the next handful of weeks and into the offseason of the pairing of DenverStiffs.com coming into the Mile High Sports family under the Mile High Sports umbrella. And uh, I'm super excited to bring that Denver Stiffs community to Mile High Sports. That gives me a Denver Stiff. There we go. That gives him a Denver Stiff. Well done, Cody. I was waiting for something to... Hey, you know, I'm always catching for something every once in a while, man. But yeah, no, so it's very much in progress. And, and part though. of the reason why we've made this announcement when we did is because SB Nation has basically given the stiff side of things like two more weeks. Not even. Where are we? What's today? March 27th? Like four yeah. days till the end of the March, till the end of the month before that site goes poof. So we're like, all right, let's get the announcement out now and we'll kind of work with it as we go along. But yes, Denver Stiffs is under the Mile High Sports umbrella. Uh, and it's gonna be all about driving community, driving conversation. Yes. And, uh, you know, just taking the aura of Denver Stiffs and making sure that it continues to, continues to have a place to live on here at My Life Sports. I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's going to be uh, it's it's what be started really me exciting. in this game, man. Yeah. I, I remember I got a Denver Stiffs T-shirt for like Christmas 2016 or 2015, maybe. On my old laptop, I had a Denver Stiffs sticker. That's where it all started, man. I mean, Jeff Morton, Nate Timmons, Andrew Feinstein, you know, that that's kind of the core that I grew up with uh, to an extent. And then obviously Ryan Blackburn did his thing for a handful of years. Skip's been holding down the fort. You know, it was yeah. kind of dealt an unfortunate hand with everything that's going on. 
but uh, happy that we're able to you know continue to preserve the legacy of Denver Stiffs. Remember, yeah. we had him on. Yeah, when, when this everything all, happened. Yeah, when everything happened. I mean, you could hear it in his voice, and you know, you saw it on Twitter. Like Denver Stiffs cuts deep when it comes to Denver Nuggets fandom, and, and, and the reason I use digital age because Denver Stiffs to me is the outward facing brand of Denver Nuggets content in the dot com era. Like you always had the Denver Post, you know, you had the Rocky Mountain News, Altitude has come along, but when it came to dot com social media presence, community and engagement, Stiffs. Denver Stiffs yeah. at the top. I remember. I remember as a kid in two thousand nine interacting on the forums. Yeah. So uh, I'm stuff. very, very happy about that. I think it'll be a positive move. But yeah, go to mylifesports.com, denverstiffs.com if you want to read the story that's been put up. Blackburn uh, at the game tonight? He will be at the game tonight. All right. He was just in here earlier today, and uh, he'll be at the game tonight. So That'll be good. We'll see if uh, James Harden makes a pit stop at Shotgun Willies, you know, maybe yeah. continue the trend. He's got to see what the hype's all about. He's like, hey, John went here. I got to go here. Yeah, so. It's like, does it compare to Houston? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so at all. If Drake, like like I said, Drake loves Houston land of Vegas, and it's all because <laughs> of the strip clubs, That be, and he's not coming to Denver on tour, that probably says, okay. Yep. Denver strip clubs are probably made in comparison to Houston, Atlanta, or I mean, Vegas. Understandable. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I would think they are, but we'll see. I'm not going to our strip clubs. It's okay. It's okay. All right, let's uh, hit a break. 303-831-1340 if you'd like to get involved. Uh, when we come back, Sean Payton met with the media. He did. He had a few things to say about a variety of different topics. Wide receiver trade rumors, Russell Wilson, the Coltrees trying to develop. Let's dive into some Denver Broncos football when we come back. Don't you worry. We'll uh, go ahead and preview tonight's Denver Nuggets game in depth as well. Get a little SGP going as well in the second hour. So hit a break, come back, do some Broncos, then we'll move along to the Denver Nuggets. And uh, away we go. Afternoon drive, AP, Cody, Danny, Logan. Back in a few minutes. Jacket. You scared? Go to church. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. What up? It's the big ball dog Snoop Now more of Afternoon Drive presented by SuperBook Sports on Mile High Sports. It's a parade inside my city. Yeah. I think uh, I was listening to Danny Williams this morning. I think Alex has that like as a permanent part of his intro. It's incredible. Yeah, I think he had to add it, you know. Iconic. It's like the Harambe, you know, ever since everyone started passing away after Harambe, and they keep adding like the picture of the person that passed away. It's like that with Danny's show. Like you just keep adding like hysterical soundbite after hysterical soundbite, you know, and away you go. It's a parade inside my city. Yeah. Love that. Danny. We were just talking. It's a parade inside my city, We were just talking, Danny. It. On Friday, since it's my birthday on Friday, I know you got City Boy Country Club, but after that, we should just go to Hooters and watch the Nuggets game after that. It's an 8.30. What, 8.30? I'm down. 8.30 p.m. Jeez. 8.30. I'm down, man. I'm always down. Friday's to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Remember that Devin Booker tweet from a couple years ago? I don't. My cousin always sends it after like the Suns get a win. He's like, I'm thinking Hooters with the boys. It's like a Devin Booker tweet oh, from like when he was I in college or something. Yeah. I do remember that now. We should, we, should go, uh, we should go watch the game at the Hoot. I'm Great down idea. at the Hoot. I love that. Well said. But yeah, that'll be a big game for the Denver Nuggets on Friday against the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant should be back for that one. So we'll keep an eye on that. It'll be a... <laughs> 
It'll be a parade inside our city. Yeah. That is an all-time soundbite, man. I am so curious to see how Memphis fares in the postseason because I think Ja gets some unexpected time off. They're playing well. Man, I just I can't wait for the NBA postseason. I also can't wait for the NFL season. And slowly but surely, Stephen Adams is back, right? I think so. There's your reason. For what? Man. Oh. <laughs> well, in the NFL world, Sean Payton, a man of few words since being hired as Denver Broncos head coach. What is it that's going on out in Arizona? The Stephen Adams still out. Oh, he's still out. Never mind. That ain't the reason why. Because um, so what they have they have the annual league meeting, right? So, obviously, the owners meet, and a lot of the conversation this year that's really surrounding that in Phoenix right now is uh, Dan Snyder and the commanders, whether or not he's going to sell, so on and so forth. But every head coach goes there as well because there's things to discuss. Obviously, they discuss things in terms of the competition committee, in terms of rules. And, you know, it's an opportunity for local media to get there. I, I never heard, I never got the press release that, the credential thing for those to come in. I never got that. So if you know, you know, I was surprised. I was like, Oh, I was like, they're there. Parker Gabriel's there. I was like, I didn't get the email that that was actually going on. So it is what it is. So let's cycle through some of these sound bites. Cause Sean Payton met with the media today oh, and discussed a variety lot. of topics. I also wrote a couple, you know, I wrote a piece on milehighsports.com about what we're about to dive into right now. So make sure you check that out. Yeah. He, he did say a variety of different things. Let's start with Russell Wilson and kind of the identity of the offense or lack thereof. He used some pretty choice words about how, you know, it was kind of hard to watch the film, among other things. Here's Sean Payton meeting with the media earlier today talking about Russell Wilson, his quarterback, as well as the state of the offense after a dismal season under the command of Nathaniel Hackett. Someone that I think works extremely hard. Um, It's hard to find guys with all those traits. Now, I watched with every one of you, season that took place a year ago and I said this a little bit earlier there's probably a little bit of dirt on a lot of people's hands and when you win five games it is what it is and I don't think I need to elaborate anymore I mean it 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 wasn't good Um, wasn't good on offense that's for sure and uh, it was hard film to watch yeah I mean basically he said hey wasn't just Russell Wilson's fault. Every you know, there are there are a multitude of people that you know had a you know dirt on their hands for how things went. I mean, it, it, he basically came out and said like, "Hey, the offense was terrible under Nathaniel Hackett." Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have to say it, but we just knew it. You know, it's like the offense. He, he's like, "Yeah, that was a hard film to watch," and we, it was. Like I hated every week going back and watching the tape on the offense because it just made my head hurt. Because me as a defensive coordinator, as a former D coordinator, I'm looking at it. I'm like. God, they're so predictable. This is up oh, and when they come out in this formation, I know this is gonna happen. So like if I'm picking up on it, who's to say like Steve Spagnuolo right. or like very experienced NFL veteran DCs aren't gonna and they it, like Denver made it look so difficult to just play offense last year. Like the simple things look like trigonometry. And look, I think Peyton acknowledged that things are gonna be different though. Like the way that Peyton is making his presence known. Like, he's already setting the standard. He's come out and he said, you know, obviously everything he said about the offense last year, he talked about obviously, like, voluntary minicamp, things like that, supposed to start next month. He said, yeah, we're not doing that. We're we're going to lift and we're going to condition for a month before we do any of that stuff. So I, I think things are going in the right direction. He also mentioned starters will play in the preseason, and there will be some tackling in training camp. He said, this is tackle football. You have to tackle. So, 
Well, I think Sandy brought up the good take. He kind of is cut from the cloth of Bill Parcells. Yeah, which well, I love. Yeah, you know, it's it's not bad. It's not bad, right? I think as a coach, you know, for Sean Payton, he doesn't want to be Bill Parcells exactly. He's you know right, he's but, becoming that. He's taking how Bill Parcells did things, but he's also making it his own, which yeah. is unique. I, I think Payton does a good, good job of walking the line yes. of stern ability to strike the fear of God into yes. your players, but also being relatable. I think Tomlin also walks that yes. same line. I had a coach like that my freshman year. Yeah. Like he's a legendary coach. He retired after my freshman year, which bummed me out. But the time I got to you know be coached by him, he he was like that. And he, Sean Payton is he's a fantastic football coach. Look, I, I've talked to some players over the last couple of weeks, and you know, I've just kind of asked them their vibe because none of them have talked like most of the, most of the guys have not met or talked with Peyton yet that obviously has not been the case but they're like they're excited players right. are excited to get coached by him they're excited to see maybe what's different like and look and I, and I want to be on the record of saying this a lot of the players really liked and respected Nathaniel Hackett right because his approach was different but it's like also you have to have a fine line between like you know caring about your guys making it fun but also like holding people accountable right Sean Payton is going to build like Sean Payton is going to be doing things that make it to where the teammates like teams love like players love coming to work there is going to be that personal aspect to it but when it's time for football it's time for football right you know it's not just like business 24 7 it's you know hey we're going to have fun doing this but we're it's it's not going to be easy it's not going to be you know roses and uh you know lily pads sunshine and rainbows so I mean, there's going to be some give and take, but you know, a lot of players I've spoken to, they they're excited to get to meet Sean Payton. They're, they've heard, you know, some guys I've talked to said that they, you know, reached out to somebody, you know, that has played for Payton and said, hey, you know, this is what you're getting with this guy. So guys already know what to expect coming in. Well, I wonder if Cortland Sutton feels wanted and appreciated because Sean feels Payton talked now. about the wide receivers, the rumors surrounding it, the lack of depth at the wide receiver position in the draft. Here's, in my opinion, of the sound bites that I came across the most informative or the most eye-opening soundbite about the, the way that the Denver Broncos think as it pertains to their wide receivers and all the trade rumors. Here's Sean Payton on the wide receiver room. Not a real deep receiver draft. Um, look, I've, I've been, you, you read a bunch of these things that are that are written now and, and uh, I would say a number of teams have called on those players. Uh but I said it yesterday that it's not something we're interested in doing. So you'd have to do your homework and you can do, you know, figure out how it all got started. But uh, obviously, there's a in the off season, there's everyone wants to be on top of any type of transaction. I understand that, um, and it, it it'll continue, I'm sure, as we get closer to the draft. If you really look at the draft and you look at the receiver depth in the draft, it's not a real deep draft. So if you're a team that's looking for receivers, we're not the only team people call. You know, I'm sure Houston with Brandon Cooks, other players like that. It's it's pretty common in the offseason, I think. Um, I thought that was I th- exactly. I think it's spot on. And also, not that it would happen, but should they trade Cortland Sutton that puts his foot in his mouth? And I don't think Sean Payton would say that if he wasn't yeah. confident in their you know, desire to bring those guys back. Yeah, when he's not, he's not the type of guy that does that. Like Sean Payton doesn't have to say anything. Like Sean Payton didn't have to say anything, you know, but he did. And I think that's important. And I, like I said, you have to see what you have with all these guys. Like the wide receiver depth is is you got Tim coming off of an injury. I'm excited to see maybe how Tim progresses along. You got KJ who just suffered, you know, unfortunately just had a tough break with what he's going on. 
should be good to go by camp or sometime during camp. You have Jerry coming off a magnificent year where he wasn't utilized as much as he should have been, which, I mean, to see what he did, still get over right. 1,000 yards all-purpose is, is crazy to think about. But what Peyton even said as well about these guys, he said, we're not going to have defined roles like, okay, this guy's an X receiver, this guy's a Z. Right. He said, all these guys are going to be moving around, which is great. That is great. I love it. It gives me a Denver stiff. <laughs> That's going to be a new one for him. He's not going to get off that oh. for a while. That's oh. actually a good one. It gives me a Denver stiff. I like that. <laughs> but, you know, and right. I, I like that he came out and addressed those rumors because fans wanted it too because fans have been on the edge and let's take, with it. Let's take his his notion out of it and let's take the report. I forget who put it out there, but before this meeting where he was talking about how not, they're, they're not going to trade those guys, the Broncos have to do their due diligence. Like yeah. every player is expendable to an extent in the sense of you got to listen. Like if someone wants to make you a godfather offer, you got to listen, right? But whether you listen and act upon what you're hearing, those are two completely different things. Reading between the lines, what we heard Teams from Sean Payton time. today, exactly. I think Sean Payton, the Broncos did their due diligence over the last three or four weeks, fielded some offers or fielded some, some, some prospect of what an offer might look like and said, eh, you look at the draft, you look at our lack of capital, you look at these guys and their upside, the Broncos are better off with them, keeping what they have. They are. And look, it, unless you're going to be in a position to get a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's not worth getting rid of one of these guys, no. in my opinion. You know, maybe, maybe next year they're going to be in a position, right? Tim Patrick posted on Instagram, like, the last dance. There's a picture of him, Jerry, Cortland, and KJ. Right. But it doesn't mean, like, Tim, like people are like, oh, my God, Tim Patrick, this is his last. No, like, it means that, like, this is probably going to be the last year we see with all these guys yeah. together, right? With that said, Denver has a first-round pick next year. Who's to say they don't make a serious pull next year for a wide receiver? Right. They could. Here's to say, these guys are balling out during the regular season. A team calls it the NFL trade deadline. Because as we know, injuries happen all across the league. Teams needs change. All of a sudden, the price for a guy like Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton could go up. Teams could pay that, right? And so Denver could find themselves maybe with two first-round picks next year. Or maybe... A first round and a sec get a second round back because they don't have one because they sent a second to the Saints to get Sean Payton. Maybe they do get a second rounder back at that point too. Mm-hmm. You have options, so it's like, hey, we don't have to reveal our hand right now in terms of what we want to do. We're going to proceed forward with these guys. He even gave an endorsement on Lloyd Cushenberry as a starting center. They view him as a starter. They brought in obviously Kyle Fuller over the weekend to bring in you know competition. It's going to push him a little bit, some depth there. It's good to have that man. It really is and. The more I think about it, you know, this is a, a good approach for them to take because you're taking a head coach who has had, I think, the unique opportunity to kind of see things without being too close to it, right? right? Last year, he was able to see a lot of things. Now, he's getting ingrained. He and George Payton have a great collaborative relationship. I want to point that out there for everybody in Broncos country. These guys are in sync with one another. They are focused on building a roster that is good enough, right? When George Payton first came in as GM, he alluded to it as, I view this team as a sleeping giant. Can they get there? I think Sean Payton can help them, but they're on the same page as it comes to like building this roster. I'm excited to see how, how everything's going to pan out. Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting. And the last portion of sound bites that we have from Sean Payton today is he's talking about the culture that he's building and how that's been reflective in some of the signings. And I know he talked about Greg Dulcich. He talked about Jared Stidham and some other comments. That was an interesting thing. Very interesting. Dulcich. But here's Sean Payton on the culture that he's trying to develop and kind of bringing some of that good magic and mojo from New Orleans, which he was renowned for, to the Mile High City. A vision for their, their easy reads, guys that were available. 
um, if you want to pay closer attention to the culture and you're looking at P. Ryan or you're looking at Zach or you're looking at McGlinchey or Power, um, then you're then you're getting it. You know, the smart, tough guys that uh, that we feel like are good football players. But um, listen, we'll continue to fill out the roster right now. Um, obviously, we're in our early 70s. We've got to, you know, we, we don't have enough draft picks. We're going to sign obviously players after the draft, like like every team does, and we'll get to 90. But the key is to get to the best 90 right now for us. And then when we're talking about a player, you know, do we have the right vision for? Do we have the right when we're talking about a player? Such as life. No, we're, we got you got yeah. the bulk of it there. But for, I agree what he's talking about about filling out the roster. But for maybe people that missed it, why don't you set up and explain what was said about Greg Dulcich, which I found to yeah. Be interesting well, today. also another thing too, he was asked about you know you're gonna look at bringing back Latavius. Said we'll see. And, you know, even George Payton met with the media today and, and said that, you know, hey, Javante, like, you know, he's got a little, he's got a ways to go, things like that. P. Ryan can start if they need him to. So I, I still imagine that uh, Latavius will be there. He might be one of those signings. But yeah, basically, in terms of what he said about Greg Dulcich, let me pull it up here. It was, it was very surprising to see this um, in terms of evaluation. Um, he said on tight end, Greg Dulcich, he said, we'll see. We haven't gone through every player relative to the evaluation process. Some of it was hard, the evaluation. Some of it was hard. Now, there's a lot to be like left out there. Is he talking about Greg Dulcich, or is he just talking about the evaluation process of the whole thing? To me, I think Dulcich's name was brought up in the question, but Peyton's response was about like, you know, hey, we haven't gotten a chance to evaluate everything and everybody just yet. Right. But when we were going through and looking at our evaluation as to like how the offense was, and specifically the offense, it was hard. It was really hard to see it. So I don't think that was necessarily a slide against Dulcich, though you know people can read into it that way based on the fact that Dulcich's name was brought up in the question. I, it, it's all about just building a roster of, of toughness, right? Toughness, guys who are going to compete, guys who are going to be gritty, reliable. You mentioned how important, you know, the injury factor was for Denver last year as well and how they look to really kind of change that this year. So it's going to take some time. And, and as we've discussed, anytime you try to change a culture, there's going to be a process. It's not just going to be, okay, hey, we come into the first meeting, Coach Payton talks to us and says, hey, we're changing this way. You're like, all right, yeah, yeah, we're all bought in. Like, no, it's going to take time. It, right. You know, it's it's going to start here in OTAs, the mini camp process. But then it's going to matriculate over. It's going to take through training camp. It's going to take even a little bit into the regular season. I think for everyone to really buy into the culture that Sean Payton is trying to build, it's not going to be easy. Yep. And there's going to be probably players on the roster that question whether or not it's for them, right? And yeah. that's okay. No, I hear that's you. That's certainly okay. But that's those guys are going to weed themselves out. Yeah. We'll see how it kind of plays out here with the Denver Broncos and their overall roster construction. But nice to at least get a little bit of clarity from Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton about the way that he's feeling and the team is feeling, the organization, about some players or elements of the team as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. And then, of course, into the meat of the offseason leading up to the OTAs, involuntary, voluntary workouts, and then, of course, training camp as we get into the middle of summer. So It's going to be here quicker than, than oh, it's, folks it's, realize. Yeah, I mean, we're basically, you know, we're like, what, halfway done with the offseason, basically? Pretty much. Like, you're going to have, yeah, Maybe like, not quite half. You're going to have, like, the volume. We'll get through April. Yeah, voluntary minicamp in May, and then you're going to have, like, all the other stuff, you know, the mandatory minicamp that I think it's, like, June 13th through 15th. 
and then they're going to have a little bit of a month off, then yep. bang, it's training camp. I'm excited, man. Yep, it'll be a good time. Yeah, let's uh, let's hit a break. When we come back, let's continue along with the Broncos' thoughts here. We can dive into what Sean Payton thoughts. had to say a little bit more. I can't say that word anymore around thoughts. him. We'll thoughts. dive into some Denver Broncos inquiries about the state of the team instead news of our and thoughts. Notes. Yeah, news some and notes. Some news and notes. There share we our, go. Share our thoughts. As, uh, as it pertains to what Sean Payton had to say. But hit a, break, hit a break. Come back. Do just that. It is Afternoon Drive right here on Mile High Sports Radio. Anilo Piro, Cody Rourke, Danny Bailey, and Logan behind the glass. Back in a few. I'm getting jacked. I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they taking more than 12. They took my life. Yo, bro. I think I had too much Hennessy, man. Tennessee getting to me. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little smash. This is Afternoon Drive with Anil Piro and Cody Rourke. Presented by Superbook Sports. Yeah, they hate, but they broke though. And when it's time to pop, they had no song. What a song. What a track. We're talking to you, Joel Embiid. Hey, yo, Tweety, Welcome on back into the show. My eyes towards Radio Afternoon Drive. All right, one for two. Two for two. Shut your mouth. What else did you Have just you already drink? drank two Celsius? Yeah, I was going to say, is that your second Celsius? my first. I brought you one. But what'd you throw away the first time? Water bottle. Oh, okay. I was like, dang, dude. You're going through something. I'm going through something. I ain't going to do no villain arc, though. Why? Villain arc is toxic when you think about it. Life is toxic. I ain't going to be a toxic person. Be a good person. Be a nice person. Things are changing. I've always been a nice person, but I'm just going to let things go. You think Sean Payton's a nice person? Yeah. I think so, too. He is. Look, I, I think that being a, a coach and being you know being someone in the media, like, as a coach, you understand that uh, people are going to write things, they're going to say things. It's about having, like, healthy boundaries. Yeah. He's not going to give us too much. I think what he gave today, though, He's honest. Like he says, look. Yeah. The only thing he says, listen. He says those two things a lot. I've always I've kind of picked up on. But as it pertains to injury stuff, he's gonna. He even said it today. He's he said, you know, as it pertains to injuries, you know, you're probably never gonna get much right. out of me on that ever. The so. only thing I found that was a little rough around the edges, we talked about in the last segment, is his comments towards Greg Dulcich. We haven't See, gone through was, every player relative to the evaluation process, but some of it was hard. The evaluation, some of it was hard. Yeah, it's rather if, dismissive. I don't, I don't know if he was talking necessarily about, like I mentioned, I don't think he's necessarily talking about Dulcich more so, maybe the offense in general. Maybe I, I kind of took it as it was hard to evaluate the offense because it was so bad. Right. We'll see. Yeah, but I'm sure I, he'll be asked to clarify. Yeah, no, I'm sure he will be whenever the next time you get the opportunity to speak with him is. But I think, you know, so far... He said the right things. I don't think he said anything out of the ordinary. It's nice to get a little meat on the bone for us to talk about something because it feels like they hired him. We ran through some of his opening comments and then we kind of let go of the rope because that's all we've really well, heard. No pressers from free agents signings, which is that know, is interesting. a little interesting. Uh, One of the big wigs got to hold him to the fire on that. No pressers on the the coordinators he hired. So I always thought that was I. I can put myself in his shoes though, like from my time as a coach. I'm okay with it. I would have probably done the same thing. It's a lot to pray it out, and you want to make sure that you just have everything. Because they also haven't had any everybody. They just got their full entire staff right. in place last week. But you want to make sure you are consistent across the board with like what your coaches are going to say in terms of the media. That's right. always a tough thing about it. I understand United why. front. 
But like for my job as a media guy who covers the team, yeah, I want to I want to hear from these guys. I want to know what's going on. But like we didn't, we're not getting those pressers. We're not gonna get them. Um, it's going to be a changing of the guard in terms of like what we get access to. As we talked about, like the media transition, a lot of the the team media will get a lot of that, and it, it's frustrating. It is what it is, but. You know, I like to put myself in the perspective of Peyton as a coach. You know, I, I get it. Like, in the NFL, it's a it's a billion-dollar business. You always want to protect the best interests of your team, the team image. I understand that. I do like how honest and open Peyton is, though. Like, it's not like he sugarcoats things. He You know, he says it, and he doesn't say it in, like, a, a mean or ruthless tone or a super excited, like, yeah, let's, you know, we're going to go do this. You know, it's just calm, cool, collected. I, I respect it. Yeah, no, I respect it as well. And, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the reason why it's you're able to respect those is because of the track record. And look, yeah. I understand that he's only been to one and well, won he's, one Super he's Bowl. He's only won one Super Like, if people legitimately I mean, use that as an argument, you're an idiot. Like, oh, well, he's only won one Super Bowl. I think there's only, a, what, 36? There's like 37 coaches that have ever Reed, won. Which head coach has been to the Super Bowl more than one time over the span of the last 10 plus? Oh, years. like recently? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't really... Th- I mean, Shanahan's been on the cusp, but he's only been to one. Tomlin hasn't Payton been to one since he... should have another one, but if, if it wasn't for that Nikel Roby Coleman... Right. ...non-call pass interference, yeah, I think that... I, think I, I mean, been we're talking... I mean, Belichick, right, which is yeah. the ultimate exception. Yes. But, like, who would you say, and not in order, the top five head coaches in the NFL right now are probably, what, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, if Mike you want Tomlin. a legacy. Uh, yeah, Tomlin. From a win, win percentage. You know, about, like, got, tried and true guys. Like, yeah. Sean Payton is in that club of, like grandfathered greatness in the extent of you maybe he's not the most decisive you know impactful coach on a day-to-day basis it's like you know some of these new cats are but he's a legacy oh, we've seen great. the new cats kind of fizzle out we a little have. bit you know but it's I, not I, about I just the, feel like because sean payton you know in his team has because he took a year off and obviously the last couple of years in new orleans i feel like for some people the shine is worn off with him even though it shouldn't yeah it shouldn't in my does the opinion. shine wear off tomlin does the shine wear off harbaugh <laughs> no no, it doesn't. Especially doesn't. Here's also another thing to consider. You look at Peyton's time in New Orleans from 2006 to 2021. You take all of his wins combined and you quantify it. I mean, if you apply it, you're basically averaging and guaranteed 11 wins a season with Sean right. Payton as your as your head coach. That, and you'll take that. I mean, and honestly, if you're Denver looking at it, definitely take that. Even if they don't win the division, Denver will take having 10 or 11 wins if it means that. They're winning games. They have a chance to be in the postseason because that's really all that matters. As we've seen with March Madness, it doesn't matter if you're the one seed, you oh, especially this year, but especially <laughs> in the Broncos division, which is a gauntlet. Oh, and at man. the end of the day, like you kind of have to tip your cap to Kansas City. Like obviously, you want to try to win the division, but you know you're going up against the best of the best. Yep. Like it's not like Buffalo and look. A lot of people were Buffalo was the choice last year, but Buffalo had some holes. Kansas City is not only proven, but they've been proven over multiple years, and they're only yep. getting better yeah which is scary and herbert's about to get paid they say it could be a contract worth up to 500 million dollars yeah not surprising. like what 500 million yeah you go herbert fully loaded that's my dude man i love justin herbert and if that happens for him i'm excited which i mean makes me beg the question what the hell is joe burrow gonna get if her if herbert's gonna get something a of that value of i imagine it'd, be, coming. it'd probably be like a 10-year contract right probably ain't gonna be like a five-year you know mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna it's gonna be crazy man it is going to be crazy and then uh i i just think you look at the state of the afc right now okay let's take a look at the west okay yeah the chiefs they're top dog they just came off they won a super bowl they have this mentality where they're like oh yeah we were overlooked all season i don't think that's the case like people who know the chiefs know like chiefs are legit they're the 
top dog. Right. They had holes in their game, but it didn't matter come postseason because they played really damn well. They found ways to win. Like, that's what a great team does. They're a great yep. football team. The Chargers up, you know, there's questions. Like, they have the talent, right? But there's a lot of questions about Staley's future. Is Austin Eckler going to get traded? Yeah. When is Herbert going to get paid? How does it impact your, you know, your contracts? Like, they're going to be in cap hell next year. They're going to find a way to restructure, release a couple of the names in order to alleviate space. But I also look at the AFC East. Miami right now, scary yep. on paper. Scary on paper. They've made moves not only with players, but with coaches. Vic Fangio is a great get for them. You look at the New York Jets, like, they're they're building up, and they're presumed to be landing Aaron Rodgers. Okay, we'll, we'll see how things go with him and uh, Nathaniel Hackett. But then you take a look at the Patriots. Like, the Patriots are kind of like this team that nobody's talking about. They've had some moves happen. They've got a lot of changes could coming. Could they be is, a player for Lamar? Is Mac, yeah, could they? Is Mac Jones, says so. Jones going to be the guy for them? I mean, I, it's uncertain right now. You look at that division in totality, and then obviously there's Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's good. They're loaded. They'll be back in the fray as well. They'll be one of the top teams in the NFL next year. Look at the AFC South. Jacksonville is on the rise. Who knows what the Colts, like the Colts could be in play for Lamar Jackson. Right. I think that would be a huge get for them. The Texans, eh, you know, D'Amico's a new coach. They're, they're going to change the culture there. But in my opinion, I have concerns about the front office, the structure of that organization. And then you have, you know, like I said, who's the other team? Tennessee. Yep. What the hell are they doing there? What What's their plan at quarterback? Is Ryan Tannehill going to be the guy, or are they going to look for a successor? It didn't look like it was going to be Malik Willis. Oh, let's take a look now at the AFC North. Oh, Lamar, as of today, requested to be traded. It's very possible yeah. and very likely that could happen. You have Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Jeez Louise. Cleveland, eh, don't know what you're going to get with them, especially with Deshaun, but then you also have uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, always tough under Mike Tomlin. Never have never it. had a losing record. We thought it was going to be the case this year. No, that everybody was not thought the case. it was. Thank God you didn't bet it. Yeah, not you, but just everybody. Like my gosh. So it's like the AFC. I look at the AFC and I'm like, man, that is going to be a tough, tough conference for anybody. Not just the Denver Broncos, but for anybody. Yeah. No, I, I think it's going to be interesting, man. Whichever way you slice it, I, I'm just excited to see. Because I think a lot of the optimism that took place last offseason between getting Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson should remain because I think Sean Payton is hopefully going to be, you know, the ultimate band-aid that's going to come on here. And not only the band-aid, he's going to be the surgeon that, you know, fixes the wound and stitches it up. So we'll see how it shakes out because I think that you pair Russell Wilson with a guy who knows what he's doing in Sean Payton. Obviously, the division's hyper-competitive. Obviously, the AFC is the cream of the crop right now, we perceived compared to the NFC. Uh, but there's certainly some obstacles, some levels to this that the Denver Broncos are going to have to overcome. We'll break it down throughout the week and, of course, leading up to uh, training camp OTAs, all that good stuff right here on Afternoon Drive. All right, that's it for hour number one. Let's hit a break. Come back to hour number two. We still got to talk about Lamar Jackson. You heard Cody mention it there about uh, the requested trade that apparently took place a couple of weeks ago but is now becoming public today from Lamar's official Twitter account. We'll also do a little Denver Nuggets same-game parlay and fully break down this game in its entirety between Denver and Philadelphia. Was it the right move for the Sixers to sit Joel Embiid? We'll break it all down in the second hour, in addition to the Lamar Jackson situation right here on Mile High Sports Radio. Afternoon Drive, AP Rourke, Danny Logan, back in a few. Wait. 